0: Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy.
1: It is so great to see all your faces this morning and be um, in this house of the Lord. Um, For those of you who are not familiar, we are Brian and Lynette Smith. We are your missionaries Um, that serve on the island of Hispaniola, the countries of the Dominican Republic where we reside, and um, Haiti. We first served in Haiti for about five months, and God moved us to the other side of the island, but we still have a heart for both, very much so. Um, I wanted to start by saying thank you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for taking us in. Thank you for praying for us, encouraging us, supporting us. There are so many of you that are constantly reaching out and just letting us know that we're on your hearts and on your minds and we cannot express words that would say thank you enough because there are times where it gets lonely and you wonder what in the world was God thinking when he said, you (laughs) two country white people go all the way to this country and you're supposed to serve in my name. What does that mean? Um, And for us, we've made it home. Our boys, Ricky and Callan, um, and the two of us, we absolutely love what we're doing. We cannot picture that our life would be doing anything else. But if you would have asked us five, ten years ago, twenty years ago, we would have had no concept that this was even possible. And so God knows. Um, currently, we're just here visiting. Um, we're not on home assignment yet, um, but that's coming next summer. But while we're here visiting, We're seeing family. We are visiting universities, as Ricky is a senior now, which is a little scary (laughs) for those of you that have been through it. You give me hope (laughs) that it is possible to keep going um, and to work it all out. And we're also um, joining with several of our missionary colleagues with international ministries in upstate New York starting this weekend um, for a conference for missionaries. So it's a time of rest and rejuvenation, but also a time of connecting um, and being with God. Um, So we would cover your prayers for that time. And what are we doing in the Dominican Republic? Because it looks nothing like what we thought Haiti was going to look like. Um, we have the privilege to work alongside the very skilled and well-trained leaders that already are in place and also have existing ministries. Um, We come alongside them and we help them to set goals. We help them to figure out what the next step is in their ministries and how to take it to the vision that they have for their community. And a lot of the time they look at us cross-eyed and funny, not just because we barely are speaking their language and But our methodology, when they say, ooh, I want you to build a church for me. And we say, okay, how are you going to do that? (laughs) And they say, that's what you're here for. No, that's not why we're here. We're here to help you build it because we want it to last. And so um, some of the projects that we're involved in, you will see the term You read some of our journals and things like that, that we talk about sustainable community impact initiatives, and they are various projects, all unique to the leaders and the communities that we're working in. No two are alike, um, but they're community-led. It's what the community wants. It's what the community needs, and they're doing the work. We're there supporting them, encouraging them, and it's preserving their dignity, that they themselves can do it. They don't need us to do it for them. Sometimes they just need a little bit of help, asking the right questions, looking at things from a different perspective. And like I said, the goal of all of those is to be long-lasting.
0: All right. Good morning. Is it on and working and functioning? And Brentley was supposed to preach this morning. Am I not? I was was just going to say, if if you're ready to get rolling, we do have a separate kids' church. Oh, okay. Yeah, if there's a kids' church or a children's church that you want to go to, please be dismissed to that if you don't want to hear this person speak about firm foundations I protect the ipad by the love offering might be going to a new ipad or no nope, no nope. come on come on come on bumble, bumble bumble am i clear we're okay everybody that's here wants to be here now uh, how come all those adults went out there? I don't know what's <laughs> happening. We do, so yeah. Okay, okay. Only if people sit in your pew, right? <laughs> no, we only stay in stuck with, <laughs> <laughs> you with uh, You're stuck here. Who remembers exactly where they were or what they were doing this day 18 years ago? I remember exactly where I was. I was eight and a half miles away from this location where I stand right now, down at Shades Beach. It was the day that Lynette and I stood before our family and before our friends, and we said, I do. Not every year do I remember that it was this day. Um, we made commitments before one another and before God and this was the day that we braided those, the cord of three strands together our journey and our marriage hasn't been perfect it hasn't been pretty at times or, nor has it been easy but together with God we have grown and we have changed happy anniversary honey Oh. <laughs> Eighteen years is a long time. That's hard to believe, isn't it? Who here has, well, first of all, I should say, hola, buenos dia. Um, or I could say, bonjour, como, como y es? Nunca pas preacher, non creo, si vous voulez. Or I can preach in English if you want. Um, who here has built a house or had a house built for them? We all understand this passage in, in the context in which it's given to us, right? The importance of a firm foundation and what it does for the building and also the importance of what having a firm foundation in God does for our life as well. As your global servants serving on the island of Hispaniola with God's really amazing people, you would assume that we have a pretty firm Foundation. One thing that most missionaries do often is tell stories. How many times have you heard a missionary asked to share a story, or you yourself have asked a missionary to tell us a story? Well, today you're in luck. I have a story to share with you. A recent one of how our family was recently put to the flame. And that is where the title of our sermon comes from today, Trial by Fire. Just three weeks ago, we attended the biannual mission summit with American Baptist Churches USA in the beautiful city of San Juan, Puerto Rico. We were there for about five days and, re- and then returned to our home in La Romana, Dominican Republic on Monday, the 26th of June. I believe that was your kickoff of VBS. So it wasn't that long ago. We were exhausted from a busy conference of early morning sessions to go to and late night visiting conversations with our missionary colleagues, sharing and encouraging one another. It was a busy conference, but we were also so encouraged by the preaching, by the teaching, by the conversations we had while representing international ministries at the conference. We were feeling tired, but we knew we had a busy eight days of activities scheduled in addition to the laundry and the packing before we depart for this trip to the United States. So we only had eight days from the time we got back from Puerto Rico until we launched off to fly to the United States. We understand that self-care is really important. Pastor Dan was sharing with me about what Pastor Vic, in, in Vic? Victor, Pastor Victor uh, instilled in him, about self-care, so when we arrived at our home on Monday evening around 5 p.m., we had intentionally set aside Tuesday with zero plans. In fact, we were hoping that we would just sleep, eat, and hibernate for one full day. And when? Everybody say, and when? And when? And when? At 3 a.m., just 10 hours after returning home, our electric went out. I woke up because our air conditioner beeps when it turns off, and also because I hear everything while I'm sleeping. Power outages, they're they're normal where we live. And, And in preparation for the normal power outages, we have a full bank of batteries and a power inverter to provide enough electricity in our house to provide fans to to keep us a little cooler, and to run our refrigerator intermittently. Except on this night, I found it odd that when the power went out, our AC units turned off, but so did our fan in the bedroom. The power inverter we had was not turning on as it should, and like so many times before, that consistently the air conditioner beeps and the fan just keeps on running seamlessly. But tonight, it was different because the fan went out and everything was silent. Half asleep and and weary from really little rest, I noticed some popping sounds coming from outside. This was odd and a little bit concerning. And by this point, I was up and I was out of bed going to investigate what was happening. Now, before I go any further, You might think that we as missionaries live in a bamboo hut with palm leaf roof out in the middle of the jungle, or maybe something similar to our house we lived in in Haiti that was built in the 1950s, where we had many known and unknown, uh, many seen and unseen creepy crawly roommates in our house. But the house that God provided for us in La Romana during the pandemic was an incredible blessing. We live in a private gated community with about 300 houses, with 24-hour security. We were the first occupants of our newly constructed concrete and block home. It has a modern aesthetic that fits into the neighborhood that was just an empty field just 15 years before. In our home, we are not suffering. Our kids can safely play with their friends out in the street in front of our house. Our neighbors are of similar economic level as we are. This home provided us a refuge to heal from the trauma and from the pain of not being able to continue our ministry work in Haiti. It provided a space during the pandemic in which the the Dominican government placed a curfew every evening in which you had to be in your house And including on weekends, where we had where no one was permitted outside their house after 12 o'clock noon on Saturday or Sundays. This house was such a blessing that we didn't even know we needed. It was brand new. Built with modern materials and knowledge of hurricanes and earthquakes in mind, the house became a foundation for our family to rest, to heal to learn, to grow, and to cook amazing Dominican meals, mainly cooked by visitors. It became a a home to host friends, missionary colleagues, ministry partners from Haiti. It was a refuge, and it has been a genuine blessing for everyone that we welcome in to our family. We felt so blessed to be able to rent this house that was within our budget and to use it as the headquarters and uh, the headquarters for our family and also for our ministry. And when? And when at 3 a.m. I went downstairs to the kitchen and opened up our laundry room door that's attached to the kitchen where the, the electric panel is located, thick black smoke filled our kitchen. I immediately closed the door and yelled to Callan, who had just, our youngest, came out of his bedroom. I yelled to him to go wake up Lynette and tell her that something was on fire. I grabbed the fire extinguisher from the kitchen, and I went outside our house to where the laundry room is open, because in the Dominican Republic, if it gets cold, we might get it around 80 degrees at our house, so... Uh, Outside in our laundry room, it's about three-quarters open. There's a big security gate and a gate that you can come in and out, but where the laundry is done and the electric is is undercover, but outside. So I went outside hoping to gain a better perspective to see what was happening. When I went around the side of the house at 3 a.m., the black smoke was pouring out of the laundry room. Bright flashes of electrical wires arcing were lighting up the whole side of the house. There was fire on the ground below the electric panel between our washing machine and and where the electrical panel was located. Lynette had moved our boys and our little puppy dog to safety in our bedroom, and she came to my aid. She brought wire cutters to cut the zip ties that I had used to secure a tarp on um, on the gate, because when we were preparing to leave for Puerto Rico, they were predicting two tropical storms to come hit the Dominican Republic. So she helped me to take this and to tear this tarp down. And and when I did that, I was able to unlock the gate to get inside the laundry room to gain entry to the laundry area. And there I used the second fire extinguisher to fully put out the fire. While all of this was happening, I managed to call 911 and used my 3 a.m. adrenaline-pumping Spanish to try to explain that we had a flame because I didn't know the Spanish word for fire in the house. And then I asked them to send the firefighters. I also called one of my really close friends, who's an electrician, and I also called our pastor, who lives about five minutes from us. Both of them, despite being 3 a.m., answered immediately, and arrived at my house very quickly. In a short time in the short time before they could arrive all the fire was extinguished. I could easily see the breaker box and my power inverter were burnt. The firefighters? Well, they never showed up. But thankfully my years of experience as a firefighter at Townville at Fairfield Hose Company in Harbor Creek and here with Greenfield Volunteer Fire Department I had been well equipped and that they had given me a solid foundation of knowledge on how to respond to a fire. At this time, I want to take a little pause, take a moment to remind each of you the importance of having fire extinguishers in working and accessible in your home. Please, make sure your kids and your grandkids know how to use them properly. And if you're not sure, or if your kids have never used one, or your grandkids have never used one, I'm sure if you call the fire department, they'll be happy to give you a demonstration on how to properly use a fire extinguisher. And if nothing else, send them a YouTube link on how to use a fire extinguisher, because your grandkids will watch it. And when. And when you have an emergency, you will have a firm foundation of knowledge on how to respond. Now, in the days following the fire, all of our ministry and personal plans vanished for those eight days. We had no electricity in our house. We had no functioning washing machine and suitcases of laundry from Puerto Rico. Our whole house smelled like burnt plastic. The electrical technician that worked for the owners of our house came out and discovered that the fire was, was caused by the use of low quality wiring that the contractor used when he built the house. You see, in the Dominican Republic, they don't enforce electrical codes the same way that we do here in the United States. I know myself, having a background in construction, I often complained about how rigorous, or you had to wait for the building inspector, you had to wait for the electrical inspector. But let me tell you, when we don't have systems like that in place, things like what happened to us would be happening here. The fact that they weren't enforcing the codes led to the opportunity for the electrical contractor to use substandard quality materials, which worked fine for a few years, well, until it didn't. In this instant and in this moment, in my frustration, my family being in danger, my puppy dog being in danger. I was thinking of the verse from Song of Solomon 2.15 that tells us to catch the foxes, for it is the little foxes that spoil the vineyards. As the owners and the realtors responded to the fire, I found myself getting angry. Mad at the culture in the Dominican that would allow this to happen. Mad at the owners for not taking full responsibility to replace our damaged belongings. As a consequence of the fire, our inverter and our newly only four-month-old washing machine were non-functional. I found myself doubting so many things. I found myself doubting my purpose serving in this country. The purpose that for the past three years had us developing relationships within the country. The country that we had come to love. That we had come to call home. And that our kids have said, quote, feels more like home than any place we had ever lived. This trial by fire had at that moment, rocked me to the foundation of my call and what we had committed our lives to doing for the sake of God. Luke chapter 6, verse 48 makes us a promise. A promise that you've all been repeating this morning. Did you catch it? Luke doesn't quote Jesus here by saying, and if... Or, and and maybe, he says, and when. You see, our house was built on a strong foundation of stone, reinforced rebar, and solidified with tons of concrete. It had a strong, literal foundation. I realized that my thought about the little foxes, the enemy, of that line in Song of Solomon was not entirely accurate. I don't think the electricians had malice in mind when they were wiring my house. I don't think the owners decided to put in wiring that would catch fire in three years. I don't think my anger when thinking about the little foxes to blame the culture Or me vilifying anyone was correctly placed. I could justify it in my flesh, but that doesn't make it right. I certainly didn't, I certainly know it didn't make me feel any better, and it didn't allow allow me to rest any better. We love to use these verses in Luke chapter six, in children's songs in hymns, and in contemporary Christian music. It's an easy parable to understand. Luke writes it down and tells us what it means. The person who builds his house on a firm foundation of doing what God says will weather the storm. The person who hears truth, God's truth, and doesn't do what it says will not. It's a nice story for all of us, good Christians, And we love to use it. Good thing comes from doing what God says, and bad things come from not doing what God says. A nice Sunday school story, all buttoned up, tied with a pretty bow on top. But this morning, I want to look at the first verse of this passage, when Jesus says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, or as maybe Callum would say, Poppy, Daddy, can we stop at (laughs) Chick-fil-A? Lord, Lord. And Jesus says, why do you call me whining and not do what I tell you? Ricky doesn't whine anymore. (laughs) Just Callum. Maybe that, I can say that because Cowan's out there. The text seems like Jesus is a little frustrated here. Any parents ever get frustrated by whining children? Wow, there's a lot of really good Christians in this room. Wow. Maybe I'm speaking to the wrong choir. How does this fit into this pretty neat little story that has the bow on top? Maybe when we share this story, we can leave off that first section. Leave off that part of the verse because it really doesn't seem to fit into the foundation story about building on a firm one. Well, how about real quick, we go back and look at Luke chapter 6. Because context, you know, what comes before and what comes after is really important. I'm going to, Hit the gas pedal here and go pretty quick. Luke chapter 6, verses 1 through 5. Jesus defends his disciples against the Pharisees, accusing them of working on the Sabbath by rubbing some grains of wheat together to gather something to eat. Verses 6 through 11. Jesus heals the man with the withered hand at the temple during the Sabbath. Verses 12 through 16. Jesus chooses the 12 apostles, including... Judas Iscariot, who became the traitor. Verses 17 through 19, Jesus came down off the mountain with his 12 apostles, and it says a power came out from him and healed the great multitude. Verses 20 through 23, Jesus gives us the Beatitudes. Blessed are you, the poor, the hungry, those who weep. Blessed are you, when people hate you. Rejoice in that day. And leap for joy. Really? Really? When people hate me. I'm supposed to leap for joy? For behold. Your reward is great in heaven. Verses 24 through 26. Jesus pronounces. Then the woes. Woe to you who are rich. For you have re- received your consolation. Full. For you shall be hungry. Laugh. Laugh now, for you shall mourn. When all people speak well of you, for so their fathers did to the false prophets. Verses 27 through 36, Jesus tells us to be merciful as our Heavenly Father is merciful and to love our enemies. Blessed to those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. Verses 37 through 42, Jesus teaches us not to judge others. And he talks about the speck in your brother's eye while you have a plank in your own. Verses 43 through 45 talks about the tree and its fruit. That each tree is known by the fruit it produces. That's a lot in one chapter. Which now brings us into the context of what the phrase in our focus verse is. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? I believe that most of the people in this room this morning are good Christians who really have a pretty firm foundation of faith. My question to each of you today are, are these? While your house might be shiny, new, and yet, and not yet touched. Maybe you just recently accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you are the, the cement in your foundation of faith is still trying to cure. Maybe your foundation might have 50 or 60 years of Bible study, VBS, and incredible preaching. Maybe your foundation might have cracks that have been patched. Maybe your foundation might have some areas that were chiseled out from one time or another. And you've had to put some new cement in those areas. Maybe through routine maintenance, your foundation looks more like The afghan sitting in your pew or a quilt of patchwork of different aged bits of cement. No matter what your foundation looks like, let me ask you, will you look inside the foundation for the faulty wiring or the leaking pipe that just has a little drip or the creaky floorboard that you walk over every day? Or maybe there's a new smell that came in your foundation that you're not quite sure where that's coming from. Will you take a few moments today to read through all of Luke chapter 6 and look with an investigative eye and an open heart. Would you allow the Holy Spirit to reveal areas in your foundation that may not be as firm as you once thought? Because it's all good, until it's not. I included in the connect card this morning, a prayer of examination for each of you, to keep and to use. It's really a simple tool that you can modify, and you can use on a moment-by-moment, or a day-by-day basis, to help you maintain your foundation, so that it's firmer, When your and when. When your and when moment comes. Lord God, I just thank you so much for this day. Lord God, I thank you for each moment that we have to share together, that we can come to this temple, that we can come to this house of worship to learn to develop relationships, to share our praises and to weep together, to console one another and to laugh with one another. Lord God, on Sunday morning, we can make our foundation look really shiny and look really well put together. But on Monday, if we haven't done the maintenance if we haven't looked for the faulty wiring in our own foundation of faith, then that opens an opportunity for destruction to come within. And as Jesus teaches us, if that destruction comes in, if we don't put it on the firm foundation every day, the destruction will be devastating and it will be complete. And so, Lord God, this morning I pray for each one here, for your spirit to overwhelm them, to fill them up and show them the maintenance that needs to be done, to show them areas that you are calling them to more, that you're calling them to investigate with an open eye, with a new light. And Lord God, if there is one here who doesn't know you, who doesn't understand this foundation of of where we're built on, and that they don't understand the rock that we have to dig down to get to. Lord God, I pray that they reach out to a pastor or to a deacon or a deaconess and ask, what is this foundation? Well, ask that if you want to make a decision to accept Christ into your life, that, that you'll do that. But if you're not ready, that's okay too. Keep looking for the foundation. Keep digging down deep so that you know truth and that you come to understand what living a life for Jesus Christ really means. Lord God, I thank you for the opportunity to worship with our brothers and sisters. I thank you for this word. I thank you for the experience that... That the story is not yet complete and that that I had to come to terms. And you know this, that, that I needed to tell all the realtors, I needed to tell all the contractors to just give us space. We're going to leave for the United States. And we're not going to make any decisions until we come back. Lord God, when a crisis hits, I pray the, that that when each and when comes up for each person, that they only make the decisions that they have to and put off all other decisions that have to be made so that they can deal with their and when moment. Lord God, we come to you this morning with humble and grateful hearts. In your name I pray, amen.